0: This is Power, Power Athlete Radio.
1: With your hosts, Denny Cage, a- Professor a- Booty, a- and V. A- Luke a- Summers.
0: A- and now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and
1: retract those scapulars. It's time for some knowledge bombs. <laughs> welcome to episode 56 of Power Athlete Radio it's going to be a good one we got the power athlete coaches john luke and Callie, and what then up? what's happening guys what up hi hi <laughs> <laughs> text on the horn what's up, guys? F or npfl himself <laughs> Texas yeah. is going to be joining us soon, so we're going to talk a little bit of NPFL, we're going to talk about some Badges for Life, the Regionals are coming up, SoCal, so we got John for what, maybe 5-10 minutes?
2: No, he's here for the long haul, right? No, no, I, I think the I'm going to stick
0: it around. Yeah, I, I was supposed to have a production meeting for the regionals uh, this morning, but it got pushed back, so I'm going to have to do it this evening.
2: Yeah. It happens. It happens to all of us. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but I do need to go down and prep a little bit. I got to come up with some storylines and find some interesting information. So, I uh, got on Instagram and Twitter last night and was trying to figure out really putting my finger on the pulse. The CrossFit community when I go and do the uh, color commentary for the SoCal Regionals.
3: You know, you should go to. Um, oh, what's the sorry, site?
0: sorry,
3: you had to do that, John. www.crossfit.com is a good place to start.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm uh, familiar with it. <laughs> I got it on my phone briefly, and they look like they have a lot of good information. I think I'll scan through there a little bit. I also think Instagram is a great place to learn what's going on in the world, um, and this thing called the CrossFit Journal is really good too. And games.crossfit.com. <laughs> oh yeah, games dot mm-hmm. crossfit.com. now is
3: that with two z's or one
0: if <laughs> uh, you if you, you, you gotta ask uh, you can't afford it
4: uh, <laughs>
2: <clears throat> what else right. is going on boys Angelus? so hey
4: john john about that commentating what's that gig like you basically just have to do like play by play i mean it's, hard, it's easy, no, uh, it's easy uh, to do for some of the, the big names
0: Uh, No, Rory, uh, I I don't do the play by play. I do the color commentary. So usually the way that commentating works is you have a guy, um, you know, like i.e. you like, you know, Sean Woodland who goes in and really is giving the play by play, uh, working with the people at home to, you know, paint a picture of what's happening on the field or on the, you know, the field the battle let's say okay. and then the color commentary I'm really just giving insight I'm the guy that kind of breaks things down lets the viewers at home kind of know some inside information so my job is to you know if you guys watch Monday night football I mean it's Al Michaels and okay. uh, uh what's his name uh the coach um Gruden yeah, Gruden. So Gruden's yeah. the color guy, and you know what? Gruden is probably the best color guy I've ever heard. Uh, I love watching Monday Night Football again because just listening to Gruden talk. I mean, he has so much good information. He watches so much film. He really puts you and gives you a, a slice into what it's like to, you know, be in a locker room and to be in the huddle and be a coach. So that's my job.
1: What do you think when they had Dennis Miller in the booth that that one year? Did you catch uh, any of that? Yeah,
0: no, I did. It was, uh, you know. The problem becomes that if you, you know, obviously Dennis Miller is a phenomenal comic and I, I love his comedy. I mean, he's got such a great dry sense of humor and such a smart ass. So I thought he, you know, he brings that talent to the board. But, uh, you know, what America is really looking for is not looking for a stand-up comic. What they're really looking for is a coach like a guy like Gruden. I mean, my mom is the most hilarious football fan she loves gruden because the fact that she gets to feel like she's in the know and really that's what the color commentary is doing it's putting the viewer at home in the know giving them some little tidbits of information giving them painting a picture behind the scenes so that the you know the the fan at home can listen and feel like they're right there and then the play-by-play kind of goes and you know gives the action so you can kind of listen to it so it's. yeah it was cool i was stoked and cross it asked me to do it uh went to a little boot camp you know prepped it and been kind of working on this uh for you know the last bunch of weeks so there were um, you know among our other duties so i've been trying to do it now i get to go out and hopefully i do well
3: john what is more difficult the physical preparation uh or the the like trying to practice all of your commentating like, unique New York type thing. I know you've been, like, challenging yourself doing a lot of single-jointed movements to get ready for this, right?
2: Mostly curls.
0: <laughs> well, I realized that even though I'm a moron, uh, I figured as long as I look good, that's all that matters. So, you know, like... Girls you you know, like,
3: figured that out a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> let me tell you, these dashing good looks, they just don't happen on accident.
4: Except on... But you won't be on television, will you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm... A, I mean, the, well, I, I in mean...
0: Yeah, well, my dad told me a long time ago I got a face for radio, so, I mean, I I assume I got to keep working for that. Perfect. Mm. I mean, my goal is just to be, to look bigger and more intimidating than anybody else out there.
3: Well, it's achieved.
0: From the booth. So you know i mean i've you know i've only eaten, you know i'm like Callie, i've only eaten like one full meal in the last three months <laughs> um, primarily you know, lettuce. Based. yeah pri- primarily lettuce um i've been doing a lot of long distance running a lot of 5k especially at three or four in the morning when i wake up and i feel fat
3: uh, you know
0: i i got that one you know i was like Callie, you know like yeah you're getting in great shape she's like you know every time i feel fat i just run a 5k and so you know, I was like, "But what if you wake up, Shaggy? If I wake up and I, you know, I, I see my arm, I just go run a five k." Just...
3: yeah, I just wipe the tears away and start <laughs> all over again.
0: <laughs> Funny story: When I was in college, we were at a bar, and uh, a drunk buddy of mine. Um, made a comment to this girl. He actually asked her to dance, and the girl kind of blew him off. And he he very very funny, very dry <laughs> sense of humor guy. leaned forward. He goes, Oh, oh, I thought. Oh, I see where really the confusion is. He says, you thought I asked you to dance. She's like, You didn't. He goes, No, I said you look fat in those pants.
3: <laughs> Amazing. So,
0: awesome. And nice. This was that about
4: was, 10- that was really you, wasn't it, John?
0: <laughs> no, it was. It was actually a guy named George Roberts. So about this is about 10:30. So the bar closes at 1:30. We're walking home. And we see the girl that he said you look fat in those pants in a set of sweats running.
3: <laughs> running? So, That's cruel.
0: Running, like like fucking running. Uh oh. like like working out in sweats. Like she went home.
3: At like one AM.
0: Yeah, at put on her sweat clothes, like set of sweats and a and a t shirt and went for a run. So and like mission the, accomplished, right? Yeah, so
4: like turns you down that. for a dance, turns you down for a dance, and you crush her self esteem.
0: Perfect. Hey, well, and you know what? And next thing you know, you're running a 5k at 1 30 in the morning. That's so, all the story is I asked you to dance, say yes. Yep. <laughs> Even if it's another guy. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with dancing with another man. <laughs> cheek to cheek. So Correctly, John for better? Luke, it would more be like cheek to chest because he's so small. How tall are you? 6'4"? Oh, oh, you feel what? like five, one in my arms.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: lobbed. <sighs> uh, <that is> lob. <laughs>
3: totally.
0: Yeah, I totally lobbed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> we just totally transitioned to wedding crashers. I hope you guys know. <laughs> All right, so what up? What else, Playtech? You got any other questions?
1: No, no, Let's, I don't. <laughs> I was curious if you were gonna like draw any comparisons when you were training for uh, the 08 games, you know, compared to what how like the, the regionals and how the events are different now. You know, how do you feel about that? Are you- I never trained for the OA games. Oh. I'll let you in a little secret. I was
0: training to go play in the NFL and about three weeks before the region or before the OA games, I got contacted by CrossFit about filming the movie Every Second Counts. Yeah. I yeah I mean,
1: that movie they show you like, you know, with Mackenzie, you know, running hills and
0: shit. Yeah, I mean, that was my football training. And then uh, okay. three weeks out when they were like, Hey, we want to come film this, will you be in it? And I was like, uh, and then McKenzie kind of talked me into it. All of a sudden, I had to go from football prep to learning how to do a bunch of CrossFit movements. So up until that point, I really I had never done handstand push-ups or any of these, uh, you know, other kind of CrossFit specific movements. So I had to go learn them, and we took three, you know, three weeks to you know learn to do muscle ups and and handstand push-ups and all these other different movements. So uh, that's where that all came about. And then they showed up and they filmed me, and then we went to compete in the games, and I was smoked from just you know being able to do you know that much high motor stuff and then uh six days later i went to go play football so um had it you know was it smart to go compete in the games uh well who knows i mean it was good because it kind of got me into the crossing community and i got a chance to be in the documentary and then that's kind of obviously you know paid some dividends down the line but you know in terms of uh, going to training camp and not getting hurt it probably wasn't the smartest thing But I I really believe we've seen an uh, evolution of the games. I mean, you know, when I went to the games, it was, you know, a hill run, burpees, deadlifts, you know, Right. Brand, stuff like that now it's like you know handstand walk for a thousand meters if you come down somebody you know tases you in the balls i mean dude, it's <laughs> well uh,
3: there like... there are so many sponsors now equipment sponsors that it like behooves them to have these as, as elaborate as possible throw in sure. things that people have never seen before use a rig for basically every workout so
0: sure i mean i uh, i really think the deal in this year's games is going to be the assault bike I mean, I, I really believe that that little nasty piece of equipment. I mean, Callie and I had a nice little battle the other day on it. And if you haven't got an opportunity to play on it, I mean, I, I try to use it a couple days a week. And I love to incorporate it in the workouts just because, man, I think ramps up my heart so fast. I and mean, we got to throw some batteries in the VersaClimber and start doing some kind of comparisons a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, that Assault Bike, I mean, I, I would think a combination of the VersaClimber Assault Bike and a heavy Prowler. I mean, any of those things are just gonna ramp your heart up pretty fast, but uh blast your oh, quads. Oh yeah. I mean you know, but uh we gotta find something to blast hamstrings the way yeah. they blast quads. You know, Kelly's uh, you know, got some um, um, hamstring paralysis that we're kinda trying to pull out of her <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you know, I started calling her and Chelsea fucking uh Quadasaurus and what's Quad, Chelsea's- quad. Oh, what's Chelsea's nickname? Uh Callie was quadosaurus and, and Chelsea was uh...
3: quadpocalypse.
0: <laughs> yeah. Quadpocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> you should see these girls, dude. They walk around, they, they got like 30 inch thigh or, or 30 inch quads and like these like kind of like little, like kind of real smooth, petite hamstrings. And I'm like, man, we gotta get some like fucking steel cables back there. So we're going to put some training in to get some steel cables on these girls.
3: Well, yeah. You know, when we were doing uh, like manual resistance hamstring stuff. I woke up the next day and felt fine, but a day after that, I couldn't extend extend my legs fully. So, I mean, there's there's certainly some imbalances occurring there. Or you were just being a dick and applying way too much manual resistance. But
0: no, 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 no. Ew! No.
3: He's never done that.
0: <laughs> First of all, Kelly, you control the manual resistance.
3: Well, it's hard
0: yeah uh, you you know we didn't establish a safe word and you know when you were screaming pork (laughs) chop I just thought you were hungry
3: (laughs) I was Uh, I was hot and I was hungry (laughs) Oh man! I always
1: think back when uh there was like an interview I watched with Louis Simmons when he was I don't know exactly who like approached him to go to west side but the guy came in with like huge quads and he looked at him and he was like Well, I can tell you don't know how to squat.
3: Just because of the imbalance there?
1: Yeah. I'm assuming that's what he meant. I mean, it makes sense. Well, yeah, like, if if you do
0: a lot of the website stuff, I mean, especially with a lot of the squats, you sit back with, you know, so far, I mean, almost that, you know, Neutral to even uh, negative shin angle. Kelly and I actually had a conversation the other day, and really the position of that shin really dictates where the load is going to go.
3: Right. So that's
0: what the West Side guys do is sitting back on that box so far that that you know I mean, honestly, almost a negative shin angle. Yeah. And then you kind of pop off the box. It's almost like the the cue that Louis gives is uh, pull with your heels almost and do like a hamstring curl off the box. And it, it kind of doesn't make sense until you do it enough, and you're like, oh, okay, I need to like pull myself off of the box with my hamstrings. So it's just a super posterior chain, uh, centric style of training. I mean, and then it's like, you know, the, you know, the, the uh, uh, eccentric loaded uh, GHD, you know, reverse, or uh, full GHRs, uh, all the reverse hypers. I mean, Louie's got a million different, uh, you know, torture devices to hit the hamstrings. I mean, the big thing that I remember when we were out there rapping with is he said, you know, uh, as you come into this program, you will actually notice that your quads will get significantly smaller. And we actually know when a guy's quads get smaller, but his butt and hamstrings are getting bigger, That he's starting to go where we need him to go. And I, uh, you know, I mean, that was definitely the case for me. I mean, I remember uh, I never once felt it in my hamstrings the entire time I did that style of training. And, you know, to the point where I felt like, actually, my quads got smaller. But, yeah, your hamstrings just blow up in size, and you blow up a lot in your back. I mean, my upper and mid-back got so thick, I was like, God damn. You know, like you're putting on a jacket and like all of a sudden it's so tight across your back. You're like, Ugh, this is uncomfortable. I guess I'll never wear dress clothes again.
4: <clears>
0: but <throat> what's kind of interesting, especially when you look at a lot of the girls in the CrossFit scene, a lot of them are super quad heavy and uh, really lack a lot of hamstring development. And I wonder why it was such a, you know, heavy squatting, heavy pulling style of training that these girls were really lacking a lot of hamstring development. So well, I, mean, I just I- noticed that you guys... <laughs>
3: it does come down to form and execution of the movement and like that's kind of an article that i'm finishing up for power athlete and uh yeah. we're going to do some more filming because you know there's there there's been uh, the same problem repeated over and over again in these people's videos and so we're gonna we're gonna work on a, a little bit more of elaborate uh video than we made for john um, online, John, one of our, our members online, but um, just just talking about the implications of the shin angle. I mean, obviously, our limb lengths are all different, but we can all sort of strive to achieve that vertical shin. Um, and get away from the, the path of uh, least resistance, which is going back to more of like an ollie lifting, particularly in the concentric part of the movement, the ollie lifting style, uh, shin forward, torso upright type position. So uh, remember why you're squatting, what you're using it for, and then try to get into that position uh, so that you can, you can load your body the way it was, the, the squat was intended to be used for this program, if that makes sense.
1: And that's with more of a vertical shin right yeah because I you know what one of the questions that I've always um get asked is you know we uh, with lunging or any kind of uh, you know I'm just going to go with lunging you know when you get into a lunge you want a good vertical shin you don't want that knee to pass your toes you know and then you watch the Oli lifters in a good deep squat you know not every single lifter has their knees past their toes but there's a few that just have like you know great ankle mobility or whatever those, those knees are way past their toes and you know some of the you know some of the usaw coaches i've spoke to they are like hey if if they can do it then it's fine you know and then on the other hand you got like well isn't that Isn't that kind of an unhealthy position for your knees? And what do you think? You think it would be, well, it depends on the length of your limbs and stuff like that, or is there a general answer for that?
3: Sure. I mean, I think, like you said, it's a case-by-case basis, and a lot of it, if mobility and ankle flexibility allows for a decent position and it's not painful, that's how a lot of people find themselves lifting that way and getting stronger that way. But I do think that if you can... Uh, train yourself to quote unquote sit back and keep that vertical shin angle. you're only going to get stronger engaging more of the posterior, more of the musculature um, that's required to to maintain good posture position because I mean if you think about it if you're if you're in that um, more upright torso position you're not not to say you're not challenging the back as much, but there's there's certainly more of an upright posture throughout the entire movement, and uh, you want that barbell challenging your ability to engage your back, engage your lats, engage your lower back, and I think that's what people are mainly trying to work around when they are... When they're doing a quad dominant squat is they're really just trying to work around um, a weak back and that's where I have a problem with it. It's they're They're not strong yet. It's one person. It's one thing if you've been squatting for a long time and you can squat a shit ton of weight in that in that, um, you know, with a aggressive shin angle. But if you're not even squatting a lot of weight, like let's teach good mechanics that'll challenge your back out the gate. Um, you know, I just, I just think it's number one, it's healthier for people coming out the, out, uh, into CrossFit or into lifting. And then, and then, like I said, it's, a, it's just a better position to make your back stronger.
5: <clears throat> That's a great answer.
3: Thanks, Denny.
1: <laughs> All right. So Steve, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's up?
3: He's How's wadding right now. <laughs>
1: I was, we talked a little bit um, before we hopped on the air. I was. I asked you if you were doing any kind of like specialty training for your the event out in Vegas or if you were just following Field Strong and uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that.
4: Yeah, sure. I mean, there's not really much to say. Um, I talked with John a little bit offline and um, I am doing Field Strong to a T including um, all of the extra credit stuff. And then I'm just adding in some gymnastic stuff right now. I'm, I'm behind a few weeks. So I'm doing the sandbag, um, that the sandbag cycle, I guess is what you, you would call it. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm replacing a barbell for the sandbag. The, the biggest sponsor for the MPFL is a barbell. So, um, unless Alico decides that they're going to start making sandbags, I reckon we're probably going to see barbells more than sandbags. So in some instances, I'm just putting a little bit more weight on the bar and, uh, using a barbell, still hitting the sandbags two or three times a week um, just because it's good for you using weird objects and grip strength and stuff like that. Uh, The other thing I've been doing basically is just trying to make sure that my shoulders stay healthy because that's been... Um, a rate limiting sort of injury uh, in my past. So um, I've been using this crossover symmetry thing, which has been helping me out a lot. And then a lot of the power athlete uh, dynamic warm-up movement prep stuff like the, um, the child's pose and stuff like that, just trying to fix up them shoulders a little bit.
2: Nice. So in any of the, had the shul- have your shoulders been an issue in any of the, like the previous uh, qualifier?
4: No, no, they haven't been because I've been following field. I've, honestly, I feel like because I've been following field strong, they've been pretty safe. Sometimes they, they hurt most when I bench and when I miss a snatch. Um, other than that, or sometimes they hurt when I do handstand pushups, but the other day I did a bunch of strict handstand pushups and I had no pain. So I don't know if they're if I'm getting stronger or if they're getting healthier, but they haven't What does your hand
0: position look like, like uh, on the bench press and especially on the handstand push-ups? Is it a
4: wider grip? No, no. So I'm doing close grip bench because that's what's been programmed for uh, powerfully too, and it doesn't it doesn't hurt so much. I can feel when it hurts when my when I. when I protract a little bit um, and I notice True. it immediately, right? So then I, I put the weight on the rack and I kind of reset my position. It only happens when the weight gets a little bit heavy for me. So um, think
3: about, um, think about it's just interesting what you're saying. When you miss a snatch, when you're doing dynamic handstand push-ups and when you protract in any movement, to me that's like the common theme is like those yeah. ballistic movements, as soon as you get out of a retracted position then and it becomes ballistic it, it just it just sounds like that's that's the no-no zone for you
4: exactly that's yep precisely that's like diagnostic right there mm-hmm.
2: hey playtech have you ever have you ever benched with like a football bar swiss bar neutral grip bar i don't i don't have access to one I'm curious if that would uh help alleviate any of the issues i
3: will forge you one out of steel
2: <laughs> as opposed to lumber
4: okay um okay
1: (laughs) no you know that's a good point because uh like some of the the extra credit work in field strong is like dumbbell (laughs) benching with the uh like a neutral grip you know palms facing each other and to be honestly that's the first time i ever attempted to do like dumbbell benching with that kind of a grip prior it was always, you know, like palms forward, like you were holding onto a barbell, kind of a bodybuilding style. And I noticed when I just switched my grip up like that, I was able to kind of keep, you know, more elbows closer to the torso. And it just it felt like uh, it felt better.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, the idea becomes that uh, when you start playing with hand position, you got to, you know, a lot of people, especially with that kind of uh what we call the palms forward, more the traditional style of bench, as they bring it down, really that angle which the elbow descends and really kind of sets the position for the shoulder. So if you can kind of, as you take the bar, if you can kind of roll your, you know, and then anybody that's been to the center kind of knows the cue that we kind of, you retract the shoulders and you try to physically bend the bar. What happens is, is that elbow actually turns in and the elbow stays tighter to the body, which should limit a lot of that kind of shoulder impingement. So when you up, and, and then when you does. get to that neutral position on that dumbbell, that actually, the neutral position actually teaches that shoulder position, and then allows you to even get more stretch in the bottom of the, of the dumbbell uh, without kind of stressing the pec. So those palms facing to me are like uh, part of my money makers. And then I, I play with the angles all the time. That's why I have you guys like do the slight incline, slight decline, and we kind of play with it a little bit so that we're always kind of hitting it in a different way.
4: Yeah. And I noticed that, uh, on the close grip, if I can keep my elbows tucked, the pain is very minimal. Um, sometimes when I get fatigued or if I'm rushed or something, I feel the elbow kind of the, the shoulder protract, the elbow flare out. And that's when I start to get worried. And I, I, uh, I usually rack it once I notice those kind of problems. I'm at this point, I'm trying to train smart, you know, like, um, just hammer good mechanics.
0: Well, it doesn't make sense to all of a sudden power through a like a movement, like all of a sudden you get out of the group, and next thing you know, it starts to hurt. And then the mentality is like, oh, I'll just finish this set. No, it's almost better just to put it up, restart and kind of not build and necessarily take the chance. Because, you know, like just like anything, uh, you know, if you're going to go compete as NFLP and yeah, and. The NFL. That's right. Yeah, that's the right. NFL. Uh, yeah. If you're going to go compete in the NFL, big thing is you don't want to get hurt in training. If you're going to get hurt, I want you to get hurt out there on the field or the basketball court or whatever it is. Right. I don't want you to get hurt in training. So the training has to be smart, but yet there is a certain skill set that you need to be successful. And, you know, like when we really looked back at like Steve's training for this, uh, for the NFL, it was about <laughs> how to design a program that kind of fits the needs of an athlete. I mean, obviously uh, the, I don't know if people know this, but the makeup of this is the, uh, they wanted, or Tony Budding and, and company wants to be able to put on these kind of, uh, you know, fitness battles in a basketball arena. So all of this stuff is designed to be put in a basketball court. So with that in mind, you have to take a look and say, okay, what's available, what's exciting, what's fun. And if you can look at the combine, you get kind of an idea, you know, it's going to be, you know, a lot of high rep, short, heavy, hard Metcons. I mean, almost CrossFit football-esque because you know what? It's exciting. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I, I hate to say it. And while it's a great test of fitness, nobody wants to see anybody row a marathon. And nope. if, if I got to show up and I got to pay 20 bucks to sit there and watch somebody row for two hours, uh, I'm not going gonna, gonna to be pretty fucking unhappy. What I want to see drunk. is yeah. We're drunk. Yeah. Pissed drunk. I want to see playtech show up and I want to see him pull heavy fucking weights. I want to see him, uh, you know, pull up. I want to see him press. I want to see him fucking, you know, lift heavy, hard implements. I mean, that's really, um, you know, when I, when I've designed the field strong stuff, if you you're going to notice that this thing's going to cycle. I mean, obviously the first six weeks was about getting people, Acclimated the program teaching the warm-ups teaching the movements putting it together Then this next six week was really about the sandbags and the sandbags really helped to develop that kind of that tensile strength That kind of hard awkward stuff. I mean to be able to step up and lunge and do a lot of uh, You know movement type position stuff with these kind of heavy hard uh, Implements adds a certain strength that is not really found in barbells So we're doing that and we're finishing up that cycle uh, this week and then Monday, we're actually going to have, and I know you guys are going to fucking laugh because I, say I don't do it. We actually have a D load week because I can program D load weeks and feel strong. Because people actually follow the program and we don't have a bunch of fucking cafeteria uh, fucking fitness people that want to jump in and do a workout here and here. And people always say, well, oh, why don't you program uh, D-Loads and CrossFit football? I'm like, because nobody fucking follows the program to T. And if it is, it's 10 guys. And if, and if they do follow it, they've obviously hit us up enough to know, be like, yeah, you should take a D-Load every couple of months or every couple of weeks or whenever you feel like it. Um, so with people that are you know consistently following the Field Strong program, uh, you know, at the end of every cycle, every six weeks, we'll actually have a deload and it'll be, you know, my, my deloads are kind of interesting and in that I don't really believe in, uh, you know, uh, cutting down on intensity. It's just we've just cut volume. So they'll come in. It'll be, you know, a very, very curtailed, small amount of uh, intensity stuff. We'll still keep intensity up a little bit. Uh, the training days will get cut and we'll have a nice week off and uh, it'll be some fun. A couple, like a three, four day uh, workout or a three, four day deal. And then we'll get into our next cycle and that'll be a lot more fun. So I think uh, the people that are doing the field strong stuff, the people that can, can can commit to it, I think they're are making great gains and uh, a lot of the feedback we're getting is really exciting. I mean, everybody's PRing everything and it's amazing when you actually take the time to focus on all the little things and all of a sudden things become the sum of the parts and people start crushing shit
2: and we say that at the seminar like this is the most important part of your training day is prepping for the training day because uh, the, the diet the tools that we put in place for the warm-ups are about improving movement improving posture position and those improvements no matter how subtle they are they're going to pay extreme dividends in your training and then uh, ideally that training improves your performance on feet yeah. right? rather than uh you know cali's favorite warm-up which is 20 box jumps 10 <laughs> pbc pass-throughs 10 pbc overhead squats and five pull-ups 10 rounds well when you've already
0: run a 5k at 345 in the morning you don't have to warm up you guys you're already fucking warm.
3: so many digs? Up, so many so many fucking digs this morning <laughs> you're killing me you're literally me
0: you're it's fucking killing me, Smalls. Are you
3: just doing this because I'm not there in person to defend myself?
0: <laughs> You're not. Exactly. I, I thought you were sitting in your seat. Hold like, on, oh, I can't see little Kelly. you so micro. Uh, yesterday, I actually had an interesting deal. Um, you know, obviously, I kind of trained in a couple different places. And so I swung by, had some time. So I wanted to go uh, do some back stuff and do some heavy pulls. So I went over to the bodybuilder gym. And there's a, a couple pro bodybuilders that are training in there uh there was another cat who's uh probably in his 50s who actually is a pretty good athlete and pretty good and talked to me about competing in the crossfit stuff and i was like dude you are perfect for it but as i was <laughs> as i was pulled no there, there was a guy in there he was like man like we started kind of rapping a little bit about the crossfit stuff because he saw my shirt and he's like man he goes i don't like people get so mad about the crossfit stuff he goes the fact that like there, you know, equipment and gear and people actually doing, like, real lifting and not this bullshit you see in the in the gym. This is fucking great. So uh, he was pretty cool. But what I was getting to is I was watching a guy squat, and after every set, uh, not only did watching him make my knees hurt, I could tell his knees were hurting. So finally I asked him, I was like, uh, how do your knees hurt? You feel? He's like, oh, my knees fucking kill me. They keep me up at night. I'm having all these problems. He's like, what do you think it is? I'm like, "Uh, it's a shitty squat. And we proceeded, I proceeded to fix this dude's squat. And it was hilarious. Within one set, he like stands up and looks at me and goes, oh my God, my knees didn't hurt. He goes, I I, I thought like something was wrong with my knees. I'm like, well, yeah, it was you and your shitty fucking squat. You healed. Yeah, I felt like I went over to him. I was like, put my hands
4: in you, you healed. (laughs)
0: And he fell to the ground. But it's amazing that... You know, people like to this day, I mean, with this internet age and YouTube videos and like so much information we put out that a guy who's actually going to the gym every single day wouldn't just put in there and be like, you know what? Every time I do that thing with that bar on my back where I kind of pretend like I'm sitting on the toilet, my knees hurt. So let me go in and Google some people and figure out like what I'm doing wrong, or let me video me, or let me squat in a mirror or do any of this. Mm -hmm. And didn't do it, so we watched him, and uh, I got to rap with some of the body or these uh, pro bodybuilder dudes that are uh, getting ready for a contest. It's pretty interesting to watch those guys train, just because the amount of volume they do is so fucking crazy. Like, like the one dude trained his hamstrings for probably 90 minutes. Yeah. It That's was a like bit
3: above average.
0: Yeah, it was like uh single leg hamstring curl, double leg hamstring curl, and then he did these like hamstring curls with a like dumbbell uh, between his feet and then he was pulling some RDL. I mean like literally like I was watching this dude and I was like and then I asked him, I was like, So what are you training today? He's like, Oh, I'm just doing some light hamstrings <laughs> <laughs> so two hours later he's like yeah i, I strained my lat the other day i was uh doing some rat pulls with uh, some big weights so this dude's mm-hmm. pretty big
3: for three hours he was training his lats
0: uh yeah i mean but like that that's what these guys will do he like picks a body part and they just destroy it for yeah. two or three hours and they do it like once a week he's like yeah i'm gonna train my he's like i trained lats yesterday i'm gonna train my low back for like two hours i'm like two hours on low back holy fuck <laughs> So it was pretty. It's always interesting to like, you know, to talk to guys that are you know training. I mean, obviously, you know, pro bodybuilder. He's got a contest I think in like eight or ten weeks in Chicago, and he's getting ready for it. And like kind of wrapping with them a little bit about what he's doing for his diet, and what he does, and how it kind of all kind of fits together. And uh, and then seeing the volume that these guys train with, and then like hearing people at the field strong be like, ah fucking workout took me fucking, you know, 75, 80 minutes. There's no way I can commit to this. And this dude trained hamstrings for three hours.
3: You know, what's crazy is that those guys who train for three hours doing bodybuilding type stuff, like when you get them at a seminar, if they accidentally ran off the street and they don't know where they are. Uh, but like, if you get them at a seminar, or somebody comes in to try CrossFit and they're like, yeah, my, historically I've been a bodybuilder, whatever. You put them through like our warmups and like just have them do isometric holds. And it's, it's so absurd. Like the, the, they have to have like a base level of fitness just to, just to even do the warm up, And they, they, for whatever reason, don't have that. They're just used to like just high volume concentric, like no isometric, no, no midline stability whatsoever. It's just, it's crazy to see them shake through it.
0: Well, I think a big reason comes from the kind of machine versus non-machine based stuff. Uh, you know, when you're training using exclusively machines the machine is picking range of motion it's picking the, the plane of motion and it's and it's basically taking care of the stability i think i told you guys a story about uh, that one day i was in their training and there was that young uh, volleyball girl in their bench pressing and oh yeah the bar yeah. was like screaming all over like she was benched with a bamboo bar and I'm like watching this and I'm like, oh my God, it's, it, it's uh, the, uh, uh, intermuscular coordination. I'm like, this is the first, you know, it was like the, like, I, I think the, the, the analogy I met was I like saw this like beautiful thing in nature. And then all of a sudden the trainer's like, whoa, well, do you, that doesn't look good and took her over and put her on the Smith machine. Yeah. And I wanted to like, as I was like running over to like karate, kick the dude in the chest and be like, no, you're stealing strength from her because that's, you know, the coordination aspect is really that first element of strength, Uh, like missing that wiring up. um, You know, that becomes the same deal that, uh, you know, you bring these guys in and, you know, we've had guys that come from a traditional bodybuilding deal, come to our seminar or even come train with us. And just the ability to stabilize their body, and allow you know their own movement to dictate range of motion, plane of motion, and uh, you know stability within the motion. And I think that becomes the the major fucking player for this. So
3: hey, but, hey, I have a question too, and not to get off topic, but I know we've talked about this, but I wanted to ask Steve because Steve's a little more in the know. And I was just wondering if you know what if Klokov is is competing in CrossFit like next year? Is that true? Because I thought I heard that.
4: Um. So. Whatever gave you the impression that I'm in the know?
3: Oh, I thought you would have something like that. (laughs) No,
4: no, Callie. I
3: need confirmation Um, from a listener or something. Yeah,
4: no. I mean, he's. you know what? He had posted some stuff on Instagram or Twitter or some shit the other day saying that he – answering questions about CrossFit. And basically um, sort of recapitulate his answer was that CrossFit has done wonderful things for weightlifting. And so it's like he's giving back. Um, That was my sort of – like the bastard translation that I've seen running around Instagram, um, so I don't think that he's going to compete. But you know, I'm not on his on his team, so
3: John,
0: maybe you could call him. Yeah, I, I mean, I know he doesn't speak English, so he could probably have Fat Matt call him.
3: I was just uh, thinking of like people in different disciplines who are entering CrossFit and like like how it's translating. Because you know, like Klokov, though, I, I don't buy that because he's he's rocking shirts from all different types of sponsors that. Are very like.
4: Uh, well, you have to pay him to wear your shirt.
3: Yeah, totally. But like, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Well,
4: and apparently, he lifts in Reebok weightlifters now too. Some of the videos you'll see him in those uh, those. Um, well, I guess I, I should be nice about, it, but the Reebok weightlifting shoes.
3: Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Um, but it, I mean, it just seems it's it seems like this is building to something. Like he is building to be like, all right. Rofro, Rich Fro, Rifro, I'm coming after you. I would love nothing more than to see him come in as like a ringer to do that. I would love that.
0: Well, assume, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, mean, I'm, I'm sure the dude, uh, yeah, I would love to see him come out there too. I mean, especially if there was like a snatch ladder or something like heavy. And oh. they're, like, they're like, so Klokov just snatched 180. He, for triple, they, <laughs> they had a ground to overhead and everybody else was
4: doing cleaning and jerks and he just snatched it.
0: Like, yeah, like oh. that
4: type of stuff. Most of the mean, stuff they do ground overhead, he could snatch probably one armed. Yeah. So what's the uh what's his age? How old is he? I think he's in his late twenties.
3: He doesn't age. I have this.
4: <laughs> he doesn't age.
0: Is that he's him in, in the
3: background? He sounds like a child.
4: He's in his late twenties. Somebody
3: on the Google That's that's what I thought. I don't know.
4: Somebody Wikipedia him. I'm doing it.
0: No, how do you cloak off? K L O 1983 february 18th 31 years old 83 yeah, yeah i thought he was older okay so he's 31. yeah i was gonna say because I, I remember watching him in the olympics like 10 years ago
3: wait luke isn't that your age
0: i know him and i are like two peas in the
4: pod <laughs> luke are you 31 yeah i think <laughs> wow <laughs> That what?
3: He's like, you look <laughs> terrible.
4: You
0: realize a guy over thirty can't really have that hair unless he's so that's exactly what yeah. I was
2: thinking. Let's see Sweetie Matt Damon, Jared Leto, uh,
5: all
3: the
2: people I look like. The dude. Uh, you're talking,
3: Luke, you're talking <laughs> about them in movies they play.
5: <laughs> you got, you're talking about roles the Big they play. Lebowski.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Big Lebowski. In the dream. Like that.
4: Instead of living the dream, you're living in a dream.
2: Keanu oh, Reeves. <laughs> Ke- Keanu. What I mean, how many uh, other?
0: What movie was Keanu hair, uh, Reeves' hair look like that? Uh, uh, the surfing game. movie
4: Whenever. with uh, <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Yeah.
0: Point, point, point Break.
2: Point Break. Like the Break Point. Like you don't know what Point Break is. Break Bros. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> See all sorts of
0: people.
3: This is way more fun than talking about cloak-off. <laughs> uh,
0: how come Kelly wears the cloak-off tank top every single day? And I know she only has one of them. She sleeps no. in every night. I, she I, said, she said this is my PJs. I wear it every night to bed. I, and, and all day.
3: I, uh, I've i worn it twice, actually. Thank you. And it was a gift from Big Dave for a Christmas present. So I wear it every time I think of him, which is it just happens to be every day. <laughs> Now what do you want to talk right.
0: about? A little awkward silence. I love it.
3: <laughs> that is That might as well be the subtitle to Power Athlete Podcast is quote unquote awkward silence. Yeah.
4: A little I love bit of of silence, discussion between the awkward silences.
0: I love awkward silence. I know everybody hates awkward silence, but I live for awkward
3: Well, silence. we should mention that Denny's gone now, so we don't have anyone saying, that's awesome. So oh, wait, hold, hold,
0: hold on, hold on. That's awesome.
3: All yeah. Right. <laughs> So let's keep this train going. Uh, so, so like, to...
0: uh, you guys want to go get some sausage? And...
3: Okay.
0: And maybe we go catch a uh, Red Sox game.
3: That wasn't a, that wasn't the the flow I was going to get into, but we can What's talk. What's the about
0: flow, Callie?
3: I don't know. I just we were going to talk about badges for life. We were going to talk about team series, and then if you want to touch on uh, the fact that we're going to be at various regionals regionales and the games two Z's for that. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, badges for life. That was last weekend. That was a event that, that power athlete put on with our Huntington beach police and fire department and rescue as well. So we had three divisions for that. We had scaled, we had RX and we had a badge division and, uh, it was it was a pretty awesome turnout. It was the first kind of fitness-y competition right on the beach in Huntington, and uh, even though I'm fairly new to this area, um, it was still like it it was still pretty cool to like reach out to the local uh, vendors, reach out to local teams, local gyms, um, and what's more is that Luke Summers' team just so happened to win the ska- uh, the RX division, right, Luke? Yes. Is he asleep? Yes. So his team won. I don't know who, who was on it. I can't remember. But they all dressed up like Tom Selleck uh, from some movie that Tom Selleck was in. It,
0: uh, it wasn't a movie. They were all dressed like Magnum PI.
4: Oh, okay. That, make, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is Tom Selleck even. Tom Selleck ever in? yep. Yeah, just gonna say the same thing. Uh yeah, he actually has been in a
0: movie and it was that weird one where uh Was he in the baby one? gonna kill him. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was that uh three men and a baby.
2: Three men and a baby. Uh, off the top of my head there is <laughs> oh, God. Brother.
0: Quigley Down Under. Quiggly
2: Down Under these uh, movies are real movies
3: if you've ever heard us talk about nate at the seminar nate was also we use him oftentimes as like a, our example for the linear progression but um nate was also on luke's team and uh luke if you want to elaborate on nate and some of the workouts we sort of had like a joking like running bet going that like, Luke thought I, – I didn't think Nate would quit in any part of any of the workouts. I designed them. Like, I didn't think that any of them were, like, beyond his capacity or anything. But I guess at one point he looks at Luke and he's like, I'm done. And he, like, takes his – he, like, takes his wrist wraps off or something. Uh,
2: Mr. Baseball. So that was another good Tom Selleck. Okay. Uh, no, uh, so – Nate was, I mean, Nate's the guy when we were training and we would rotate, just try to get like maybe a little conditioning and after this Bulgarian uh, template that we rolled out, we most, if it was me, John or Ben, we put together just a little a 12 minute kind of burner just keep the heart rate up. And when Nate would program his conditioning workouts, he'd be like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, seven tire strikes and uh, 30 tricep pull-downs, banded tricep pull-downs. <laughs> We're like, all right, how many rounds? He's like, no, it's just one. (laughs) That was his idea of conditioning, like 45 seconds. And, I mean, it wasn't until, like, four years or three years after he started training with John that he finally tried CrossFit. And, uh, you know, it ended up working out pretty well for him. And he's uh, accommodated a lot of his strength gains. But uh, at the competition... You know, John's telling me he's like Nate's just gonna quit, man. I'm like, I, I know, but I just like this all seems pretty manageable. He just has to do a couple reps, and we have a rotation, and uh, we're in the middle of the last workout, and um, he ripped his hand. He had like he had the rock tape glove on there and everything, but he ripped a hand. He he, and I'm sitting there watching him take all this rock tape off. He walks up to me in the middle of the workout, like music's blasting, people are sweating. And he's like, bro, tore my hands. I think I'm done. And I just started to walk (laughs) away. I'm like, you can't just walk away. And he's like standing on the outside. He's just kind of spectating from 10 feet away. And, uh, you know, it's me. Uh and two other girls like cycling through toes to bar and uh and you have to hold this sandbag and we're like alternating sandbags. I'm like, Can you hold the sandbag? He's like, I don't know, man. I got this I uh, took my hands ripped. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was unbelievable. I'm like, dude, you gotta get back in this thing. Like it's not over yet. Just give me five more minutes. And then uh, you know, he ended up being able to muster up some box jumps uh and uh and uh, a two hundred meter sand run to to finish it off, but
3: Oh you Nate,
2: know, <laughs> unbelievable! I'm just like.
3: <laughs> what did you think of the workouts? Uh,
2: the, uh they were evil. I mean, I like my arches still haven't healed from that partner carry sand run, but uh, I thought they were good. You know, it was safe but hard. You know, and that's like just some of the horror stories you hear about people getting hurt at competitions. I'm not sure how someone hurt themselves due to uh, let's say negligent programming. Yeah. You know, I thought that it was, it was within, uh, exactly how you said, uh, or how you would describe it when we were, you know, talk to people like, you don't have to be an elite CrossFitter, but you just got to be able to work hard, you know, work well as a team. And I, I thought it was, it was good. And, okay. uh, 17 minutes is pretty long. You know, maybe we dial that one down to like 12 minutes next nah, year. Nah. That second little, uh, AMRAP back to back.
3: Team workout. You're fine. We're everyone's fine. We're fine.
2: But uh, no, it's good. I mean, clearly, uh, th- this competition uh, really, truly proved who the most elite athlete was <laughs> in, uh, or team of athletes in, in really this the uh, country. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, my team <laughs> came out on top in first place. No thanks yeah. to Nate, by the way.
3: Yeah the the this Huntington Beach Throwdown. That's really what we were going for. <laughs> Is to just find the group of four elite local athletes to somehow.
2: It's really what I've been training for since 2007. <laughs> it all culminated this last weekend. Well, you stood speak... on the podium. You put your finger in the air. Number one. I actually put two fingers in the air. Hang loose. <laughs> okay. But uh, no, it was, it was it was good, and I'm super stoked for next year because uh, one maybe I'll get to MC it instead of compete, which yeah. there's a lot of material, but uh, too, if I get to compete again, I mean, it's just cool to be on the beach. I thought uh, incorporating it in that partner, Carrie Kelly was uh, was cruel. And I'd love to see some change of direction on the sand as well. Oh. We could figure that out next year.
3: Yeah. So the, I mean, the thing, the challenge is that like coming at this from, um, I wanted to have as many people sign up as possible. And so when they see power athlete on anything, uh, for better or for worse, people associate that with the Power Athlete Team Series or our programming, which is totally fine. It just, you know, hopefully it more me- it means more that it's going to be safe and, like, smart programming than necessarily hard, heavy, fast. Because this, I wanted this to be, like, because it was a fitness competition, I wanted it to be what people would expect to some degree. But, like, when we get to the Power Athlete Team Series, which is uh, going down in September um, on the 13th and 14th, when we get to that, you know, there'll be, it'll, the workouts will be more resemblant to like what you would anticipate from power athlete, like a hard, heavy, fast type thing, uh, among a team event. Um, so if, uh, we had a lot of questions, I've had a lot of questions recently from the seminars and, um, people kind of writing in, asking when the team series is going to happen. Now that this, uh, badges for life thing is over. Um, we'll be able to put a lot more attention. I, I personally, um, we have all, of the, all of the marketing stuff ready to go, um, just kind of fielding out some sponsors, but you can, if, you're, if you live in Baltimore, Chicago, Oklahoma City, NorCal, or Seattle, that's gonna be where we start the event on the 13th and 14th. And basically how it's gonna go is, I'm gonna get our team to go out, our quote-unquote team, our Power Athlete HQ uh, employees, We're going to go out and, um, you know, run these events in those cities. And then, uh, based on the top teams from there, we're going to invite them to Vegas on October 11th and 12th. So in Vegas on 11th and 12th, will be, that's Columbus Day weekend. We'll be there, uh, at CrossFit max effort, uh, with Zach and Lindsay hearts around Lindsay, because I know that, uh, She's, a she's such a doll. She's she's such a doll, Luke Summers. He is.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. I honestly don't know who um, I like more, Zach or Lindsay, because they're both just
3: <laughs> dreamy.
2: Dreamy in, to sum it up in one word.
3: They're sweet. They're a sweet couple. Uh, so we'll be out there on the 11th and 12th. And um, if you're in SoCal and you're wondering why isn't the team series coming to SoCal or. Um, you know, uh, the Southwest. Well, we're going to keep an open division of ringers. So we'll have the top teams competing. And then if you're in SoCal or you're around the Southwest region, you can come up to Vegas on the 11th and 12th and compete against the top teams in hopes to kind of put yourself in the running. Um, So all that's going down at the end of the summer, I guess the beginning of the fall. And uh, then hopefully we hope to culminate the Vegas 11th and 12th uh, winners, we hope to kind of culminate that <clears throat> contest with a, a beach party with Avicii, and Michelle Obama will be there, <laughs> I think, <laughs> and lots of lots of famous people. Tom Selleck will be there, of course. So, so that's kind of that's kind of the plan for uh, all that. So look look for that. We're going to be uh, putting up all the marketing stuff here in uh, the next week, so should should be pretty exciting.
2: What are we talking about? Official. Official? Uh, just Michelle Obama <laughs>
3: again? What? <laughs> 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 but, I mean, I mean, she she hasn't texted me back about it, but I know she gets my text. <laughs> Anywho, I
2: never knew you had that connection.
3: <laughs> D.C. Um, anyway. What else, you guys? What else we need to talk about? We're going to be at the regionals events. So, which regionals are we going to be at? We're going to be at SoCal this weekend. And uh, Mid
0: Atlantic.
3: And Mid Atlantic, right? So, yep. if you are, if you're anyone who's anyone, you need to stop by the booth because we are synonymous with party. of football, and power athlete is the party booth wherever we go. No.
2: Uh, yeah, text. You know, I haven't sent the checklist out yet, and I know it's already Thursday and you got to set up, but here's what you're going to need. You need boom A boom box. You need I got a, it. A margarita machine. Okay? Don't got it. Uh, you need some sort of pretzel machine, like a warm pretzel machine. All right. Find that. We
1: got a guy. We got a guy. Uh, got
2: a guy. <laughs> All right. Who, what else? Kelly, what am I missing here?
3: Uh, cotton candy, uh, strippers. We have.
0: Sombreros. You need sombreros. Kelly, <laughs> I need your friend. Glow up. sticks. Sombreros. sombreros are key to everything. Glow a, poncho. a poncho. A poncho. She can make a poncho out of just a big white towel you just put a hole and throw it on it. A midget. Riding a tricycle <laughs> with a set of chaps on. <laughs> and a cowboy hat. Are you this playing blush music? music?
3: Need
0: a basket, some chapstick. Some
3: chapstick. Is Tex even on here? <laughs>
0: yeah, what's and, up? And a, and a whole bunch of Twixes, but they got to be warm. <laughs> Melted <laughs> Twix.
3: Oh, god. <laughs> So that's that's the plan. Not
0: melted, not melted, just warm, uh, <laughs> so they're flying.
3: But really, that's just that's that's the pre-party to what will be the actual party, which is the games. It's also known as S- Sunburn Fest 2014.
2: Skin Fest.
3: <laughs> it gets pretty aggressive out there in the SoCal sun. Is it going to be at the same location that we were at last year, Luke?
0: Yep, StubHub, up. up Center.
3: All right. Well, I know it well. Um, <laughs> Yeah.
2: And so, so Tex, we need to communicate over the weekend to see who has the highest vertical. Because you did get Vertech, right? Oh yeah, I got a Vertech. Turn
3: Perfect. your mute mute off.
2: Turn my mute my Hello? mute off. Mute off. We got him, Kelly. We can hear him. You jack can. it off. Oh really? Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, he hit uh, all off. Can you hear him, um, Steve?
4: Jack it off.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can. I can hear Tex. Yeah. Uh. I, he must be blocked on mine.
4: All right. Well,
5: uh, go through the check checklist again, Luke.
2: Uh, I <laughs> Vertec, margarita <laughs> machine, jam box, all that good stuff. All warm right. pretzels. Warm pretzels, warm twists. I'll Fondu. take
3: care of that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay, so uh, what about, do we have any Wade's Army updates? Uh, yes, yeah, so we uh, I was called out. I was called
5: out on Facebook for a... Uh, Basically, a, an ice bath challenge, and so I'm gonna I'll take care of that as soon as we're done filming my current uh, power the project. And what so, is this
0: ice bath challenge?
5: Oh yeah. So what is
2: it? Uh, we're putting Chris into a dumpster and filling it with ice and water. Yes.
5: <laughs> I got to jump in and stay in there for five minutes, and then I got to call out a few more people, and then they got to do it, or else they pay twenty-five bucks each
0: to the Wade's Army. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, I, have trot. Trot. I have a big horse trough. I have a big horse trough at my house that we use for beer that we have also used as a hot as a uh, cold tub. So maybe we can just do that. I mean, I probably uh, we could make some bets. Uh, Tex, how long do you think Kelly Hinsman could stay in a in a pool of ice underwater? I, I
3: don't
0: can't know. Hear but him it right says now. If we can get
5: somebody to pay a dollar a minute that she stays in there, so.
2: so so, Callie, it. how long do you think uh, – Tech said a dollar a minute towards Wade's army. How many minutes could you stay in an ice bath?
3: Uh, 60 cents worth.
2: <laughs> so that's like 20 minutes?
3: Yeah, something like that. No, that's like
0: <laughs> – Well, I mean, we could just chisel the ice off your heart for the
3: – I the fucking knew that was coming. I <laughs> fucking could see that coming from a mile away. <laughs> john wellborn beating a dead horse since he was born
2: i've never heard that before
0: that's John.
3: you egging him on
0: Uh, is that a quote for for the wall uh i actually i think i used that at a bar a couple years ago and i've been trying to break it out ever since then i think i i think i gave uh uh i can't remember where it came from i think i Shortly after, I a girl five dollars and told her to go take charm school lessons. after asked <laughs> to chisel the heart or chisel the ice off her heart to put in my drink. Oh, God. Uh, we could do a little battle. I mean, we could have, like, the person that stays in the longest.
3: What's the safety issue on that?
0: No, it's just cold water. Yeah, yeah your body will just warm up <laughs> the water after two hours. You'll fine. Yeah.
3: Can I wear a cardigan? Come on. Come on, I, just,
0: uh, I would not advise that. Uh, I just feel like... Con- only if we contact Mel and we make sure that we get the, the oh, proper card again.
3: Fucking Mel. Uh, <laughs>
0: With like pearl necklace. <laughs> Maybe we should loan you that pearl necklace.
3: Mel Hinsman. Uh, okay, so so the challenge is to stay in for as long as possible and that's how you fundraise. So how long do you guys think that you could stay in? 25
5: minutes. 20, 30 minutes. You said that 30 minutes, Callie. I, I used, to, used to do this in college.
0: I don't believe
3: it. Me I think, too. I, honestly, yeah. don't you guys think that after 30 minutes, you don't really feel the water anymore? So it's it's like... Yeah, you, a, you
0: don't feel anything after, after about four. two
2: minutes. Two two for John, four for me.
3: So why and not just Four minutes,
2: say, I would, then the stinging stops.
3: Why don't yeah. you just say an hour and a half then? Like, if you stop feeling things after that.
2: Because like, I have things to do. <laughs> So,
5: so they, That's a there's good point. there's two 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 routes we can go with this challenge. Number one is you just got to dive into the the ice bath for 25 bucks a head, or you actually do it for a time.
2: Okay. Well, let's get this. Let's get the details put together on this text, and let's get it as we uh, create this web of participation. Let's for sure get it up on the forums and out on on Facebook and stuff like that.
3: I'm gonna go buy okay. a
5: wetsuit. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and just dunk myself today, and then we'll we'll make rules around it. All right, we gotta set it extreme. I was I was called out. I have 24 hours from yesterday
2: to accomplish this. All right, so you better get get moving. And we are actually at about an hour. Is
0: there anything else we want to plug, guys? I think so. No, um, I, I, oh, play play tonight. How's your fundraising for uh, Vegas coming?
4: Uh, slowly but surely, I think. On um, so one gym put up like a little picture, and they're gonna for every share and like, they're gonna right. give a dollar. And then our gym's gonna match it, so I'm about almost to 200, up to 100 dollars. So I'm almost to 200 dollars there, and I think I got about four or five hundred dollars in the Fundly account. So not so bad. Probably pay my airfare.
3: yeah,
4: we'll we'll
2: push that a little bit too. We'll get that out on the on show notes. Set up a link again and um, blast it out over social media.
4: Yeah, appreciate cool.
2: that. Uh, I guess Kelly, should we give a little shout out to our literally now literally our official uh, audio hardware provider, Skullcandy. Oh yeah,
3: Skullcandy, who provides- Custom provided...
2: engraved power athlete headphones. Those are yeah. money, those
3: yeah. are money. They're really cool. They, uh, they were so supportive of the badges for life event. They sent us yeah. 14, 14, pairs of custom power athlete, uh, skull candy headphones, which is super nice. So we were able to give 12 to all the, uh, top t- top athletes in each team. Um, and then, and then we had two pairs left over. So now Luke, I think has something like 16 pairs of Skull <laughs> Candy in our office, which is just, he's just hoarding. And I borrowed a wire yesterday, one wire. And he got all, he, he got upset oh, with me. We and got she to...
2: also put knots in it. Didn't wrap
0: it up correctly. That's yeah, not true. I mean, Luke, that's, Luke that's the worst. You with wires. I like, have, too. You seen, have you seen that commercial where they're like talking about wireless kid <laughs> on the fucking, on uh, like, like the Pinocchio kid comes out. If Luke Summers could be, Attached into wires at all times. I think he'd be happy. I'm, I already am. It's Matrix. Yeah.
3: He just walks into the room and without even looking around, he just goes, "Who touched my wires?"
2: <laughs> Who touched thermostat?
3: Like, how did you know?
2: So, uh, but what, what they gave us the aviators, right? These are the the aviators that we're rocking right now.
3: I wouldn't know. I don't have a pair, so.
2: They're well. They're they're collapsible, storeable. It's pretty legit headphones. Uh, definitely recommend it.
0: Yeah, they they also have, they're also coming out with some really cool training headphones that they've been kind of testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for obviously the people that are you know, <laughs> you know, training whatnot. So yeah, I, I use a set of the uh, uh, you know travel ones in the car, and did I wear them all the time? So I will, good. I will say.
3: Yeah, I do have a pair of the aviators. They're not the power athlete ones, but I will say I may have mentioned this before, but I listened to a ton of podcasts. And when I finally started using these Skullcandy ones that actually go around your ear, it was like I wanted to cry. I was so happy. I couldn't believe the sound difference. Uh, And I'm not trying to just plug Skullcandy because they're, it's actually like a legit set of headphones. So my my podcasting experience has changed immensely, so now it sounds like it's like way more legit.
0: What is this
2: podcasting you speak of?
3: Oh, well, come on! We're
2: doing right now, actually, John. Yeah.
3: <laughs> stories. Oh, that's what it's, it's just oh. stories. Anywho, I think that that's it. Um, shall we speak next weekend, or who do we have planned for next weekend? Are we getting Wendler on?
2: We got a couple potential. Which is, it's hard to schedule this a week out, but uh, we're going to hopefully have Wendler or maybe one of the, uh, John's got a Cairo that he's been working with, right?
0: Is- yeah. Yeah. Uh, named Steven Schaefer, who's pretty good here. Uh, as you guys know, I, I've been out and seen Dr. Buehler for a bunch of years. Uh, the one problem is every time I needed to get worked on, I had to fly to Utah for it. So just through word of mouth, we ended up uh, meeting up with this guy, Dr. Schaefer. And Dr. Schaefer, where he really made his mark is working with paralysis patients and has had phenomenal results with uh, fixing paralysis uh, patients. I, re- I remember with the uh, Kevin Ogar deal, I sent it to him and he's like, yeah, I'd love to to see what i could do with him but he goes you know i can't necessarily solicit so um, he's had some really really phenomenal deals and that's the majority of his practice is working with uh, paralysis patients and getting them back feeling and he uses a kind of interesting deal he's um uh, he's got kind of a cool skill set in that he started as a uh, rolfer it does some art work but also does a lot of physical manipulation so for my shoulder uh, you know, my shoulder's pretty banged up, but the reason it, it's banged up is, uh, you know, obviously just a lot of kind of tight muscles and lesions and stuff. And so, no matter how much I I'm mobilize, I can't just get it to loosen up. So I've been seeing him, and he's actually got I me mean, probably thirty percent more range of motion on my shoulder, which has really helped. So he's uh, he's pretty good, and he's got a super interesting practice and he's a local guy. So we were going to hopefully bring him on and let him talk a little bit about it. And then the other cool part is he was a nationally ranked power lifter. I think he's got a 700 pound raw squat at like a body weight of like 168.
3: Nice. So
0: he's got some pretty gnarly lifts. So we were wrapping a little bit about training and, and I uh, thought it'd be great to have him on the podcast.
2: Yeah. So it's going to be between him and uh, Wendler, one learn and all, it depends on their availability, our availability, and uh, you know, the dance. So, But definitely tune in. We're going to have somebody.
3: (laughs) All righty.
4: All right. Well, thank you. I'll see you guys guys. next week. Take care. All right. See you guys.
3: Bye.
1: Yep.